0: Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. Now we are very privileged that we're going to hear from our senior pastor, Kate Kent. She's going to be talking, uh, talking about hearing hearing God. Who feels like sometimes they just don't hear God when they need to? Yeah? Sometimes you feel like, where are you, God? Am I, am I, am I not doing the right thing? Am I... This is a little bit about how we hear God. Okay, come on up. Let's, let's give a round of applause. <laughs> Mother of the house. Father, we pray that you will anoint her lips. Lord, that she will have just such a profound and anointed message from you. Father, she will, won't feel pressured, in terms of time, because we're running behind, but she will take time to speak to us about something that really matters, and that's hearing from you. And Lord, we're ears ears open and ready to listen. Thank you, Lord. Amen, Amen. thank you, Joss. Isn't he great? Doesn't he lead well? Well, you can be a bit more enthusiastic than that. I think he leads great, personally. Awesome. Mark Zuckerberg, Bieber and Beyonce, Trump, Biden, Obama and Zelensky, Bill Gates and Tim Cook, Ronaldo and Messi, Oprah, Pope Francis, the Kardashians, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, love him. Come on. Zendaya and Greta, whose name I can never pronounce. Turnberg, Thurnberg, who? Thunberg or See, you don't even know and you're telling me. You did, that's true. These guys are all top influencers of our day. When these guys stand up and speak, people take notice. In the 70s, there was a brokerage film of EF Hutton, and they ran some unforgettable series of TV ads. And the set was always similar. It was two people in a crowded public place talking about financial matters. And one would share the wisdom of their broker, and the other one would respond with this, well, my broker is EF Hutton. And if Ian Hutton says, and at that moment, the surrounding crowd is immediately quiet and everyone leans forward eagerly to hear what E.F. Hutton has to say. As the voiceover explains, when E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen. Some of you may have heard of 36-year-old Andrew Tate, a former professional kickboxer. who came to prominence after Big Brother back in 2016. This guy from Luton went from nothing complete obscurity, to global internet fame in months. And whereas with EF Hutton, he's given people financial advice, this guy, who poses next to fast cars with guns, is hitting the millennials and Gen Z with advice on women, citing how he only dates 18 to 19-year-olds so he can put his imprint on them. His views have been described as extreme misogyny by domestic abuse charities, capable of radicalizing mainly American and British men and boys to commit harm offline to women. His social media clips have been viewed, are you ready for this? 11.6 billion times. Last July, there were more Google searches for his name than for Trump. And in our secular society, there are conflicting voices that demand our attention, and they drown out other things. There's a the voice of materialism, telling us that we are what we possess, telling us that all the things we own is what determine our worth, and demanding that we keep up with the Joneses. There's the voice of hedonism, encouraging us to go after whatever we want, whenever we want, with whoever we want, and if it feels good, do it. And then there's the voice of me, myself, and I, encouraging us to live a life of selfishness and greed, and always out for number one. So many voices, to listen to. But according to Genesis, there's a voice that is way more powerful than Tate, way more powerful than Hutton, and way more powerful than anything else on this planet, and it's the voice of God. And if you're taking notes today, that is the title of this message. And let me tell you this, our God does not need any social media platform to be heard. He's already viral, and he's already global. Psalm 29 says this, his voice is echoes through the skies and the sea the glory God reigns as he thunders in the clouds so powerful is his voice so brilliant and bright how majestic as he thunders over the great waters his tympanic thunder topples the strongest of trees his symphonic sound splinters mighty forests now he moves Zion's mountains by the might of his voice shaking snowy peaks with his ear splitting sound the lightning fire flashes striking as he speaks God reveals himself when he makes the fault lines quake, shaking deserts, speaking his voice. God's mighty voice makes the deer to give birth. His thunderbolt voice lays the forest bare. The voice of God is powerful and majestic like the sound of a trumpet and the voice of many waters. And when he speaks, as we've seen, he creates. He said light come into existence, and there it was. He created man from dust, And there we were. But whose voice are you listening to? I want to take us back to the Bible. Let me take you to the Old Testament because God was always talking in the Old Testament. He had extended conversations with Noah about how he wanted him to build the ark. He was very specific. I want you to take this many animals on board. This is the exact things that I want you to do. He spoke to Abraham. And explained that although he was old, he was going to be the father of many nations. He said, you'll know the way to go, even though you've never been this way before. He spoke. Later, he spoke to Moses in the burning bush. And then on Mount Sinai, he gave him the Ten Commandments. He spoke. Remember, these guys didn't have pastors praying for them. They didn't have prophets prophesying over them. They didn't have priests counseling them. They didn't have a church to worship in. They didn't have Bibles to read from. They had one thing, a divine encounter with the voice of God. He called to the young boy Samuel. We're going to come back to him in just a minute. Elijah heard God on a mountain. He sent a storm and an earthquake and then some fire. But he heard him in this still small voice. And there are literally hundreds of times in the prophetic books that God spoke. But then we get to the New Testament and it's a little bit different. Maybe only half a dozen instances of God. And none of these profess to be God's voice. In the Christmas story, we hear the angels speaking, that's not God. When Jesus got baptized, we hear a voice from heaven. Could have been God, but it didn't say. And it is Transfiguration, there's a voice from a cloud. You've got Saul on the road to Damascus who was blinded by a heavenly light and he gets convicted by what the Bible calls a heavenly voice. And then there's Peter who has a vision at Joppa and hears a voice. It looked like God spoke in the Old Testament directly And in the New Testament, indirectly. But he still speaks. And he is speaking today. But we've been warned by the word of God that in the last days we'll have many voices deceiving. The most faithful, even the most faithful, will be deceived. And so if we want to hear God and hear what he's trying to say, we're going to have to drown out distractions. We're going to have to turn some stuff off that's getting in the way. Our phones are a killer. Our computers, our music... TV Netflix whatever takes us away from hearing God our word for the year as a church is be we're just going to be we'll do things out of our being we need to be tuned in we need to be tuned into his presence to hear him Jesus tells us in John 10:27 that if we are his sheep we will hear his voice we are a sheep. You are his sheep. That means you can hear his voice. He's still speaking to us today. Abraham Lincoln once said, I'm satisfied that when the Almighty wants me to do or not do any particular thing, he will find a way of letting me know it. Anyone know that? But how? How does he do it? How does he find that way? Well, that's what we're about to find out. We're going to take a look this morning at the different ways we can hear the voice of God. They're not in any particular order, but the first one that I'm starting with, for me personally, I think it's probably the easiest way, the best way, the, the more common way. And this is not an exhaustive list. We hear him through the word, through our Bibles. 2 Timothy three sixteen says that all scripture is God-breathed. God's word sometimes gives us a warning Sometimes an encouragement or an instruction or a lesson for a a principle of life. But he speaks through this. I love the Word of God. This is the thing that will get me out of bed every single morning. This is my most exciting time of the day. Whatever I'm doing in my day, this is where I want to be. I could camp in this thing all day, but I haven't got time. And he knows that. But I love the Word of God. And every time I read it, I'm expectant that I'm gonna get an encounter with the true and living God. I'm believing that through this, he is gonna speak to me. He might speak to me for me, or he might speak to me for one of you. But either way, I believe that he's gonna speak. It's amazing, it's our daily bread. Could not live a day without being fed again. Look, we can't live without food. We all have breakfast, well, most of us. You can't live without this. Whenever I need to hear from God, After prayer, that is the first place that I'm going to take myself. The word offers us what we need in the moment. It might be peace. It might be after peace or comfort or encouragement or direction or wisdom or counsel or joy or hope or mercy or grace. Maybe you're struggling with your identity and you just need to get in there and hear what God has to say about you. Or maybe you're struggling to feel loved. It's all here. It's all in here. You can find out how much God loves you in here. If you never read another thing in your life, read this. Read this every day. I remember back in the day when Ali and I had sold our first house, and we'd got a little bit of equity, and we'd bought this second house, and we were deciding what we were gonna do with some of the money, and we had two projects that we could've have, could have used the money for. One was to put an extension on the back, or a conservatory as they were back then, and the other was to block-pave our front drive and then drag it all the way around the back, down the side, and create a little patio. And we were just owing and hour, and we didn't know what to do. And I'm just going about my normal business, talking to Jesus, reading the Word of God. And then I read a little proverb that it said, finish your outdoor work and then build your house. I was like, thank you. That's it. That was easy. So we block paved the patio and we didn't do the extension. So that's the voice we can hear through the Word, the Bible. The second one is Desire. Psalm 37 tells us that when we do what the Lord wants, he gives us the desires of our heart. And when you have a desire coming back to you constantly, don't ignore it. It means something. It's often God. He gave Ali and I the desire, independently of one another, to pioneer our own church. And lo and behold, here we are, 13 years later. Oh, thanks. Thanks, (laughs) i Funnily enough, when we had that desire, we started seeing somebody, our mentor, many of you will know him. And every month we would meet him, and every month he would try and put us off, and every month he would tell us story after story after story of the things that had happened to him when he was a pastor, and when he pioneered a church, in the hope that we wouldn't do it. Because he knew if we were not called, we would not be able to cope with the calling. But the desire never left us, and he recognised that. And he ran out of stories. So he let us do it. And that's why we're utterly convinced that at some point we will be the chaplains at Nottingham Forest. It's a desire. It's been there 13 years and it doesn't go. We've let it go, we've laid it down. We don't ponder on it, we don't worry about it, we're not stressed, but we believe we're meant to be in that club. It's a desire. And if you've got a desire in your heart and it's still there, even though you try and get rid of it, it's probably God. Then there's inner peace. Have you ever just made a decision and you just know that you know that you know, in your know her? Yes, that's right. Many of you know the story of uh, our dating relationship. We didn't date. We went out on four different evenings, Monday to Thursday, and on Friday he proposed, and that was it. We were getting married. We weren't even going out on our own. We were with groups of people every time. But he just proposed on the fifth night when we finally got a night to ourselves, and we both knew it was right. And then the story goes that my mum came home from a weekend away and she confirmed it when I told her. I had something to tell her. She said, I know, you're going to marry Ali, aren't you? And I was like, yeah, how do you know that? God had told her. But we had an inner peace and she had an inner peace. My father, on the other hand, had no idea who Ali was. (laughs) But he got to know it. And you can hear the voice of God through others. He can use a pal, a prophet a parent, a pastor, a preacher, or anyone else with a P he wants to speak through, and a donkey. I couldn't find a P for a donkey, so we'll have a D. Pet donkey. Pet donkey. Oh, thank you. And their words may come as warnings or blessings or as prophetic truths over our lives. And I've heard God speak to me hundreds of times through other people, hundreds and hundreds of times, sometimes on a podcast, sometimes when I'm just sat with you guys listening to somebody else preach, I'll know that the Lord is speaking to me. Often through brilliant Christian books and authors, I'll read something and think, oh, whoa, that's for me. And through my kids, through the things that our children say. And always through our mentor. I mentioned the young boy Samuel earlier. I just want to read you the story in 1 Samuel 3. The boy Samuel was serving God under Eli's direction. This was at a time when the revelation of God was rarely heard or seen. One night, Eli was sound asleep. His eyesight was very bad and he could hardly see. It was well before dawn, the sanctuary lamp was still burning, and Samuel was still in bed in the temple of God, where the chest of God rested. And then God called out, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, yeah, I'm here. And he ran to Eli saying, I heard you call, I'm here. And Eli said, I didn't call you, go back to bed. And so he did. And God called Samuel again, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, I heard you call, here I am. And again, Eli says, son, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. This all happened before Samuel knew God for himself. It was before the revelation of God had been given to him personally. And God called Samuel again a third time. Samuel. And yet again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Yeah, I heard you called me. I'm here. And that's when it dawned on Eli that God was calling the boy. So Eli directed Samuel, go back and lie down. And if the voice calls again, speak, say this, speak, God, for your servant is ready to listen. And so Samuel returned to his bed. And then God came and stood before him exactly as he had done before and said, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I love this story. I love the fact that Samuel is a priest. He doesn't even know God. He's going about his priestly duties to a God that he doesn't even know, but then God reveals himself to him. I love that. And God will speak through creation and nature. Many of you feel God this way. I'm not really an outdoors kind of gal, personally. I like the sea. love the sea. don't like the sand, so that makes it quite awkward, really, because you have to go over the sand to get into the sea. But anyway, But some of you love to hear God's voice in creation. The power of the waves Observing the ants' strength, looking up at the stars. Plants, plants speak to this one all the time. He's always getting messages about his shrubs and bushes. I I don't get it. And then there's the audible voice of God. Hands up. Has anyone heard the audible voice of God? Okay. Okay. More than I would have thought. I've heard God speak to me very, very clearly. But when I try and remember now what it sounded like, and I've pondered on this as I was writing this word, I think I've, I've actually come to the conclusion that it, it was, I heard my voice, God used my voice to speak to me. But I know it wasn't me, because I didn't like what he had to say. <laughs> and God said to me, it's time to start a family We were three years into being married. We'd got a 10-year plan before we were going to have kids. We was going to have a great career, retire at 30 on my millions. He must laugh at me all the time, not him, him. But that was so, so clear, and I knew it was clear. I was the only person in the room. I hadn't opened my mouth, and I didn't want a family, and I knew that was the voice of God. And Chloe was born a year to the day that he spoke to me. Stories told of a young boy whose parents had gone out to the nearby market to go shopping. and During that time, their apartment went up in flames. Standing on the balcony of his fourth-floor apartment with the flames dangerously close, the boy cried out for help. Stationed below, the firemen tried everything in their power to persuade the young boy to jump to the safety net below. He wouldn't respond even when they called him by his name or promised him that he would be safe. Suddenly. Out of the crowd, a man yelled out the boy's name and told him to jump. And without question, the boy jumped to safety, narrowly escaping death. The firemen were stunned, and they said to the man, why did he jump for you and not for us? And the father replied, because I'm his dad, and he knows my voice. And then there are dreams and visions. Acts 2 tells us, in the last days, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. So I'm sorry to say it, Pastor, but you must be getting old because we know that you've had two very prophetic dreams in the last couple of years, just before lockdown. Two dreams, one about the fact that we were going to go into a lockdown and we had no idea what lockdown meant, but they we were, they were going to have a time of intimacy with God. And the second one was all around our, our vision to plant churches into Ruddington, Cotgrave and Keyworth, even down to the detail of what the building looked like in Ruddington. By the way, we are still trying to get that building. Don't you just love it when there's a locked door? A door that is so tightly shut that you just cannot wait for God to show you, to show off, just to show you how powerful he can be. He is going to bring that door down and we will have that building. And God spoke to the people in the Bible in their dreams. Sometimes, like with Ali, it was to reveal future events, like the Pharaoh's dreams in Genesis. And Interestingly, it took Joseph to interpret that. So if you think you've had a dream that might be a message from God, You need to pray about it, but why don't you go and talk to someone that you trust? I know that Rob Culley um, sometimes interprets dreams, hears from God for people. I had a dream about 18 years ago, and it was a really odd dream. It was, um, where's Irene? It was your daughter-in-law. She was heavily pregnant with twins, and the Lord gave me a dream that she was going to give birth. He gave me the day, and he told me it was going to be by C-section. And on the day, I got a phone call. I think it was from, was it from you or from her husband? It was from Irene, and um, and she said, "Please pray. that There's some real complications here, and it looks like she's going to have to go down for a cesarean." And I was able to say, "It's okay. That's what God wants." But I don't know why. Why would God want that? I don't know. But she's safe. She delivered two cracking little babies on the day that God had said that she would. And then there's visions. Visions are similar to dreams, but when we're dreaming, we're asleep. When we have visions, we're awake and we can actually interact with what's going on. And I remember back in the days of our youth group, we were meeting in this room and God gave me a vision of these double doors, the two sets of double doors, flung wide open and hundreds of young people were streaming into this room to worship God on a Friday night. And it came to pass, didn't it, Bab? And then we had to cap it at 100 because we couldn't cope with 200 young people. But it was great. It was exciting times. And then there's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes God's Spirit speaks to us through our conscience, helping us to make the right directions, decisions. Sorry, I want to read your story. Stories told of a young man who'd been to a Bible study. The pastor had shared about listening to God and obeying His voice, and the young lad couldn't help but wonder, "Does God still speak to people?" After the service, he went out for coffee with some of his friends, and they were just discussing the message that they'd heard. Several different ones talked about how God led them in different ways. And about 10 o'clock at night, the lad set off for home. And sitting in his car, he began to pray, God, if you still speak to people, speak to me. I'm listening, and I want to obey you. As he drove down the main street of his town, he had the strangest thought. He said, stop and buy a four pint of milk. And he shook his head and said out loud, God, is that you? He didn't get a reply, so he kept driving home. But again, the thought kept coming, buy a four pint of milk. The young man thought about Samuel and how he didn't recognize the voice of God and how little Samuel had to, re- how little Samuel had to rely on Eli. So he said, okay, God, if this is you, I'm gonna go and buy the milk. I don't need milk, but it seems like too hard a test of obedience. And if it was wrong, he could always use the milk. So he stopped off and got some and then he continued to drive home. As he passed a certain street, he again felt an urge, turn down that street. Well, that's crazy, he thought, but he did it. And again, he felt he should turn down another street. So he said, okay, God, I'll do it. Several streets later, he suddenly felt that he should stop. He pulled over and looked around. There were some shops and some houses. And again, he sent something. Go and give the milk to the people in that house across the street. And the young man looked at the house, and it was dark. It was late. It looked like the people had gone to bed. He started to open the door and then sat back in the car seat and said, Lord, this is insane. Those people are asleep, and if I wake them, they're going to go mad, and I'm going to look really stupid. But again... He felt that he should knock on the door. So finally, he opened the door and said, "Okay, God, if this is you, I'll go to the door. I'll give them the milk. If you want me to look like a crazy person, that's fine. I just want to be obedient. I guess that will count for something. But if if they don't answer right away, I'm out of here. He walked across the street and rang the bell. He could hear some noise inside. And then a bloke shouted, who is it? And what do you want? And before the lad could turn and run, the the door was opening. The man stood there looking like he'd just got out of bed. He had a strange look on his face and he wasn't very happy to see a stranger standing on his doorstep. The young man thrust out the milk and said, I brought you this. At this, the man took the milk, rushed down the hallway, speaking loudly in a foreign accent. Then from down the hall came a woman carrying the milk towards the kitchen and the man was following her, holding a baby. The baby was crying. The man had tears streaming down his face and the man began speaking and half crying and said, we were just praying we've got some big bills this month and we've run out of money. We didn't have any milk for our baby and I was praying and asking God to show me how I could get some milk. His wife in the kitchen yelled out, I asked him to send an angel with some milk. Are you an angel? The young man reached in his wallet and pulled out all the money he had and gave it to the couple and then he turned and walked back towards his car with tears streaming down his face. I remember when I was due a bracelet to be delivered and we missed the delivery and Ali just got in his car and thought, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to locate the driver. And he just did exactly that. He just kept saying, come on, God, which way am I going to go this time? Which, which road do you want me to go down this time? And eventually caught up with him and got the parcel. You imagine the guy's face when he's trying to explain to him how he found him. And then there's prayer. I talk to my earthly dad every day via WhatsApp. We've got a great relationship. I love him. He's brilliant. We chat all things forest and family, and our plans for the day, and we'll often share what we're eating because we love food. And God wants for us to have that kind of relationship with him. Because prayer is a dialogue. It's not a monologue. It's meant to be a conversation. It's not just us talking to God. It's about us being there and listening to what he's trying to say to us. And sometimes he's gracious, and he answers you straight away, doesn't he? And in his genius, sometimes he makes us wait. (laughs) But however long we wait, Matthew 7 says, everyone who asks, receive. And he who seeks will find. And he who knocks the door is always opened. So we either believe this, we either believe the word of God, and we stand on the word of God, or we don't. And if the only thing that pleases God is faith, it would do us good to believe it, because we'll be blessed for it. Does that mean we'll receive exactly what we want when we want? No, absolutely not. But be encouraged that every prayer you pray, Is always answered. might not be in the way that you want, but he hears every single prayer. In a small town in America, there were two churches and a whiskey distillery. Members of both churches complained that the distillery was giving the town a bad image. To make matters worse, the owner of the distillery was an atheist. The churches tried to shut down the place, but to no avail until finally one night they decided they were going to hold a joint prayer meeting and ask God to intervene. Lo and behold, as the prayer meeting was ending, an electrical storm came up. And to delight of the church members, the lightning struck the distillery and burnt it to the ground. The insurance company wouldn't pay for the damages because it was classed as an act of God and was excluded from the policy. So the distillery owner sued all the church members, claiming that they'd conspired with God to destroy his building. But the church members denied the charges. The judge said this. I find one thing about this case really perplexing. We have a situation where the plaintiff, who's an atheist, is professing his belief in the power of prayer, and the defendants, the church members, are denying it. It doesn't say who won the case, but God's voice is always heard in answered prayer. And then there's sermons. God uses sermons to communicate us to us through the preaching and the teaching of the word. Have you ever just been sat listening to somebody, and it's just like oh, wow, yeah, that was for me. That's revelation. That's impartation. That's just the best thing, isn't it? When, you, when, you, when you've walked in, you say, God, I really need to hear from you today. And then someone's up here preaching, and you think, yes, yes, yes. That's the voice of God. And then there's worship. Wasn't the worship outstandingly brilliant this morning? I could have gone home after the worship. I was full. It was so good. That praise will instantly bring us into the presence of God. And the words, they just build your faith up make you expectant, excited, passionate, and they open our ears to hearing him speak. I can't tell you how many times I've heard God's voice when I'm just in his presence adoring him and I encourage it all to do it, not just on a Sunday morning. Why don't you Spotify on when you're in your car? Play it at home. And the final way, again, not an exhaustive list, I'm running out of time, is circumstances. Sometimes we can believe we've heard from God through our circumstances, but we should always test that. We should always test what we think we've heard. And what we think we're hearing should always also line up with the Word of God because circumstances are probably the hardest and most difficult communication from God to actually identify and understand. Maybe you feel you've heard from God so you go in a certain direction and then all hell breaks loose and you think you've heard wrong, but you might not have. Sometimes God wanted all hell to break loose, so you press into him. Or vice versa. You think you've heard from God and it's all going absolutely brilliantly, but it wasn't God. And at some point, that absolutely brilliant path won't be. Trust me, I've been there. I've walked it. So when it comes to our circumstances, let's always pray on stuff and seek godly counsel from someone that you trust. And so in closing, I just want to really quickly touch on 10 hindrances, honestly two minutes, 10 hindrances to not hearing the voice of God. Pride is one of the biggest hindrances to not hearing him. Pride says, I have got this Christian walk utterly nailed. Don't need God. I could do it by myself. Doubt, doubt will block expectancy and it drowns out God's voice. If we don't expect to hear, we won't. Sai preached a phenomenal word last Sunday night called Ditch Your Doubts. I would encourage every single one of you to listen to it on the podcast. Fear. Fear just holds us back. And even if we do fear him, we fear that we're making things up. Shame. The biggest lie that shame loves to tell us is that we're unworthy. And when we feel that way, we unknowingly create a barrier between us and God. So let's not allow shame to become our identity. It's a powerful, painful emotion that lies to us and will stop us from receiving. Carnal thinking, forming our own opinions and preconceived ideas about how things should go, and expecting that that's the way it's going to be. Distractions. So many things draw us away from hearing the voice of God, our noisy surroundings. I've talked about Netflix and stuff like that. Not submitting. If you ever wanted to harden the arteries of your spiritual heart, this will get you there. Rebellion is an absolute killer and you'll be hard-pressed to hear the voice of God when you're not submitted to his will or to the leadership that you sit under, whether that be your husband, your pastor, your colleague, your boss, the police. Sin, all sin, will disconnect you. It will stop you from hearing him, and the only way back is through repentance. Hard-heartedness, just being stubborn, a heart unmoved by the things of God, You'll be hard pressed to hear him and impatience. And this is where I struggle the most. Many of us struggle to hear the voice of God because we just don't sit still long enough to hear it. And I I hear you, we're, we're busy people. We've all got lives, we've got school runs, we've got jobs to go to. I get it. But listening is an important part of hearing. Talking of listening, a Hallmark Father's Day card said this Dad, thanks to your lectures, I never change horses in the middle of a job worth doing. I know the squeaky wheel gets the worm, and I never count my chickens until I've walked a mile in their shoes. And you thought I wasn't listening. Don't rush away from your personal time with Jesus. Don't just talk to him. Find the time to listen. Hearing the voice of God should be the highlight and delight of every day for us as believers. It should encourage us. It protects us. It sets us free. It changes our life. It can even change the direction of our lives. So if you feel maybe today there is some kind of blockage to you hearing from God's voice or you just, you just really want to hear from him, you've got something like Dave and Lizzie still need to sell their house so they can go on this amazing world trip. They need to hear from God. We're going to use this last song this morning for a time of ministry. Will you stand with me? Actually, no, don't stand. We'll just, we'll just sit and we'll listen to it. It's called The Voice of God by Dante Bau It's stunning. The words are stunning. But if... During this time, you just feel like you, you just want to come, maybe just kneel at the front and talk to God for yourself, or you feel that you just want one of the prayer team to come around you and to bless you. And then you can do that during this song. But will you just say this with me to get you prepared for this song? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening.